Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Welcome to a new episode of Pack to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm excited about our guest today. Lou Redman is a writer, a speaker, and a meditation teacher. He uses a method of personal empowerment and mind-body awareness to help people connect with their gifts. He's a big promoter of living life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment. He also teaches mindfulness to kids and teachers all over the U.S. Hello, Lou. How are you doing? Hi, Leticia. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for uh, stepping up to the task. I was uh, very happy when someone mentioned to me, you should check this guy out and you should interview for your podcast. And, and I've been blown away by doing the research for this episode of all the stuff you're doing and, and uh, how you're really changing people's life. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. I think I have the feeling this is going to be a fantastic conversation. I like to start the interview always with the basics is childhood. And what kind of childhood did you have? What kind of uh, child you were? What did you like? What you were passionate about? Sure. I love it. Yeah. In all realms, I had a, a really, really, really such a great childhood. I really am super grateful for just the, the community that I grew up in. I was one of those kids we could go outside and play with all of our neighbors and we running through the streets and just just really had had so much fun in as a childhood and and, and am grateful that I grew up in in most realms a, a pretty privileged area where you know we had good schools and just a, a good community so I'm grateful for that and what part of the US was that Sure where? it was in northern New Jersey so it was a little um, town called Nutley just outside New York City um, real Italian, a lot of Italian immigrants, um, little Italian town, but, um, I was always a competitive sports person. So I, from a very young age, I was always about sports and being fast and really saw a lot of my early passion for now what I do now and seeing that fire really at a young age, really believing in myself of becoming some sort of professional athlete, whether um, it was base, it was really baseball or basketball. It was one of those two when I was playing as a, a young kid. And really, I and I talk, I've talked about this before. I, I have these very vivid memories of being a seven-year-old and being in my backyard and like visualizing this, being in Yankee Stadium and seeing just a, a sea of people and and it being Game Seven, like full count, ninth inning. And I would pretend I would put myself in that situation, like as a little kid, like, you know, see myself hitting like the game winning home run and going around and like embodying that, like that, ex that energy of that experience. Yeah, I had, I uh, would say I had, was really talented naturally at, at really things that I did, um, but excelled definitely at, at basketball as I got a little older, but I got into high school and I started kind of moving in a, a little bit of a, a different, um, started seeing where I could, I took a different path, so to speak, 
I knew that I wanted to follow my heart and I was always encouraged to do so. But in high school, I got, I started, it, it wasn't like something got changed really fast. It was like a slow process, at least at the beginning. And I kind of started getting more involved in, uh, I had some things happen my freshman year of high school that made me feel like I didn't fit in. And with really no understanding of how to deal with an emotion like that, I started to, to, to like drink and that gave me that feeling of connection and with people. And I just, I've always had a, a long line of alcoholics on my father's side. And I definitely um, saw my love of drinking early on at, at 15 years old and kind of started to veer, not away from sports. I was still, you know, focused on it, but I started to not be as focused and kind of care more about whether we were drinking after a basketball game, then I started to care about the basketball game itself. And I could see that was really where I started to slowly go down this other path. And I actually, I did, I got, I got really good at golf at one point. And that was like my passion. Now I, I go all in on things and I was super into golf. I actually went to college to be a golf professional. I went to um, Penn State University to have this golf program. So it was all of those, but I was still drinking heavily and I started getting more into drug. Like I was still kind of a, I was always a party hard, work hard mentality type of person and but I still see that thread of wanting to follow something that I love doing, right? I wanted to go to school because I was pa passionate about golf at the time. So like, I was always encouraged to follow that, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but then even in college, seeing how it wasn't really the path and wanting to start to then I started really focusing on how can I fit in as much as possible? How can I fit in with what everyone's doing with the corporate thing, have my weekends off so I could party? Um, and that was really it. I was like, because in the golf industry, unless you're going to be on the tour, which is a little different, but in the golf industry, you're working weekends and you have in the time where all your friends are out, you know, doing fun things, you, you're not doing it. And for me, that was my life. I really thought life was about partying. That was where you had fun. And that's what we were all doing was making money so we can go out and party and enjoy ourselves. Well, when you're young, uh, <laughs> in your defense, <laughs> I think a lot of us, when you're young, you think, you know, life is about fun and all that. But yeah, probably you... you took it a little bit too too much to the to the other side. I'm a, it's that a, yeah, it's, I think it's that addictive personality that has always been one of my benefits but also can be your you know what I believe your 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 shadow is also your your light, you know? So And you're a meditation teacher and I'm I'm curious, do you think at all that the fact that you had you said I had it in my family where people were dealing with this same issue, do you think that that is like a predisposition some some people say it's it's you know You, you, it comes with you. I am more of the of the mentality that maybe you give yourself, you know, like, oh well, I come from this, so it's okay if I do it. I don't know. I'm just curious to see your take on that. Sure. For me, I would say in my circumstance, it was a mix of both. I think at a very young age, when I would get in trouble with drinking, my dad really reinforced that I was an alcoholic. He's like, you come from a, a line of alcoholics. I'm an alcoholic. Literally all of my uncles and all of his side is is I can't name someone that's really not. And you're on you're an alcohol like you're basically telling me this at 16 years old. So I kind of subconsciously was bringing that into my life. But I also believe that it is that it, there was some genetics to it, and just it seems so blaringly clear that there is. 
And I also believe that part of what opened me up to where I'm doing now is that I made a decision to stop drinking. And that almost like I feel like I shifted my family's like biology. Like there was something like in my commitment, which has been now over four years of shifting something that I'm sure for next generations is like the, the it, it may, I'm hoping that it's that I shifted something. I, I think you will be. And that's exactly where my, my question was going. It's like, I wonder like if it's something that you're almost surrender and your dad say, you know, I'm sorry, but this is just the way it is. And of mm -hmm. course he meant well, but you will be a great test, you know, of that. And see, see now that you say, no, I broke that mold. And so this, this doesn't have to be that way. Uh, it's very inspiring, absolutely, that you took that decision. What, how old were you when you said no more? Yeah, it was really tough. I was 25 years old. So for a 25-year-old to completely quit drinking, it was like, the, the you know, what did I just sign up for type of thing. What gave me the support to do it was it really opened me up to this. Um, the, when I made that decision, it was this big experience that I opened me up to this. Really, it was a, a spiritual awakening. Um, I didn't really realize it at the time, but it was... It really was the most powerful, one of the most powerful experiences I ever had when I made this decision. And that led me to having more of these experiences, which led me to, at the time, leaving the job that I was at, which I was actually liking. But I, I had this whole opening where I just felt like I was meant for more and I was meant to, to I didn't really know what I was going to do. I really had no plans. I just felt this calling to to something much greater and I felt like if I didn't make that choice right then I wouldn't I wouldn't feel like it for another 10 years and I would be pausing this feeling for another 10 years and honestly if I did not make that choice I probably would have ended up I think there's almost no way that I wouldn't it would have been really tough to continue not drinking because I would have been in that same environment in work and going out for work functions and just being around people that were me quitting and going into my real deep spiritual journey of figuring it out myself isolated me from a lot of my old friends for sure. And I, I lost, I don't speak to really that many, anyone from my college anymore because it's all, they don't really understand the, the person that I've become. So I've, you know, had to let go of so many people in my life. But I think that's how we, it's just natural in, in our life is to, as we grow, we, bring people that are more in line with who we are and we have to let go of people, you know, people that aren't growing. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the definition of what you do. I, I don't know much about mindfulness. I think I know like inorganically about what it is. Like I live sure. here, I see, but I never done a course or anything like that. But definitely it sounds to me that you were very mindful into what was not good for you and you were observing the the probably the impact of other people or, or and, and, and you acted upon it. So that's uh that's that's a lot. Yeah, you just become aware of I remember even I got into personal development. This was before really having a spiritual awakening, even though it was all spiritual development. I, I consider it. But I got into personal development and started seeing my life just get a lot better and, and started drinking less and um, waking up early on a Saturday morning and going for a run and really feeling really great, like naturally feeling good about life. And then I remember still going to some parties that I would normally just have a ball at and being there and being like, I, this is so dumb. Like just has, seeing it in a different perspective. Like no one here is talking about anything like important. It's just like being idiots. Like it was just, it, I saw it in a different way and, and just kind of realized that I didn't want 
it anymore. Like it wasn't who I was becoming. And that was really kind of, and this was probably still three or four months before fully committing to quitting drinking, but it was, I, I was already moving down a different path. Wow. That's uh no, it's very, very uh, impressive. And I saw one of your videos on your webpage, which it will be on the show notes. And it's a very, very good webpage with lots of good information about you and, and what you're doing. I saw that you say, well, one day I quit my job and we haven't touched upon what did you, I mean, you went to university and uh, thinking you're going to do golf and be a golfer, but what did you study? I studied, I literally, well, I, it was, it, so the golf management is like, comes with like a business degree basically. because you're learning like the, the golf business. So you're doing all like business, uh, an accounting, all like kind of standard, um, business classes, but it's really about being in the golf industry. So it's a lot, it's, it's, it's like very, um, focused on, on that as well. So it, I ended up I knew that I didn't want to work at courses at like country clubs. So my way out into the business world was to work at a golf club manufacturer. And that's how I ended up in San Diego because a lot of the big golf club manufacturers are all out in San Diego. So I got an internship right out of college um, for a company and I worked there, got full time. And then through my personal development, I actually made a, a big switch into a marketing role. I was I was doing like credit. I just jumped into whatever was there. But I ended up getting a promotion to like a marketing um, coordinator at the company. And I was really, I was doing very well in my job. And I was liking, I loved, I had a really great environment to work in. We would wear sandals and shorts to work. Like it was very San Diego relaxed mm -hmm. and it was fun. It was, it was a fun. really great, yeah, it was a great company to work for. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions in my story is that I hated my job and I quit. It was just not, it wasn't that. It was like I, I just had a calling to something so much bigger than what I was doing. And it was like, Yeah, but that's that's why your story is even more powerful because you normally hear this story and say, I hated my job. And that's right. a big, and I didn't get that neither from the video I watched. I got the, like, it wasn't because you didn't like the job. And that's why I wanted to touch upon that uh, because it yeah. has so much more credit. If you had a job that relates to what you studied, uh, you're, you like, you're enjoying, and then you recognize there's something else that you want to pursue. It takes great guts to just go and pursue it. So this should inspire a lot of people listening to this. <laughs> yeah, and I always say with that, in, in, in the more guts you, I guess, can take out of it, the more you'll be supported. And we can't see the net before we jump. Someone just told me about, I, I, I can't remember if I've seen it, but I looked at the clip. Someone told me about like the Indiana Jones film where he steps off of the ledge and he doesn't see that there's like a net or a support under it. And that's what I found is by stepping so drastically off of the ledge, I've been supported every step of the way. And that support comes in ways that you'll never expect it. And you can't like logically say, well, it'll feel like the right time when I have this ducks in order and this thing ready and I have this amount of money in the bank. If there's anyone that's proof that you don't have, to ha and I'm not saying to not have that and then that's great if like that's your path. But it, I, I feel like what I've done was so drastically the opposite because I really quit and I burned all bridges. I could not go back. I could not even go back into any other I would never have gotten a job in any other company right after that, the way that I left and um, really burned all bridges and just jumped. I had no money saved. Like I had like 
a thousand dollars in the bank. My rent was a thousand dollars the next month. There was, I was, I had no idea. I just really was following that, that, that calling. And, and from doing that, I've seen myself supported. So I trust that for those of you that feel that calling, stepping through that, you'll be supported, but you can't know how until you step. Like you, you can't be assured that it's going to work. You got to show by your moving forward that you got to meet God halfway, as I always say, like yeah, yeah. you got to, you got to take your step. <laughs> I, I always say, if you don't show intention of uh, doing something, then how is the universe going to support you, right? And and I shared this on, I have, I think it's episode three, I interviewed my husband and we met online and most people cannot believe that we met on Magic. <laughs> and, and, and when we talk about that there. But why? Because, you know, he's a good looking guy, professional. I'm not, I would think that bad myself, professional. And people say, why would you be going online? And I always say, if I don't didn't put it out there to the universe that I was serious, I was taking risk about finding someone. Never did I think I was gonna find it in Mazacom. That's the truth. But, <laughs> but just going through that motion, yeah, yes, sure. going through that motion of putting yourself out there. That's it. And, and doing it. Just and then the incredible happened. Now I have two kids with a guy I met online. <laughs> so so you know, and, and so for myself and my own experience, I totally agree with you. And that you just have to do it. It's just sometimes it's so hard, but it's so empowering, right? Because once you do it, they say nothing can scare me anymore. No, exactly. Putting yourself out there is literally that's it in whatever way that is for you, right? Could could mean so many different things. Putting yourself what what putting yourself out there means. Absolutely. Now going back to that, you know, you had a moment where you say, "This is it. I'm gonna quit." Was there one particular thing that you can share, or was just the calling that was so strong and you said, "I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna move on." With the drinking and, and, and your whole situation. It's a whole, it's a really long story. And I actually, I don't know, I'm sure if you were on my website, you saw, but it is the story that I wrote a book on. Okay. So I wrote a whole yes. book on this whole story. So to give you like the quick, like the reason calling, it felt like um, the biggest thing I think is that I knew that I wouldn't feel like this always and it was like a now or never type of feeling like it was like it has to be right now this day this way and honestly at the beginning I thought I was just going to join the Peace Corps like I just had this just love inside of me and I felt like I went to work you know what it was I went to, it was a the week after January break so basically after Christmas break so it was like January um fourth I went to work and it was the first day everyone was getting back from their New Year's and Christmas and I had just had all of these experiences and I had a for some reason I had like a thought of possibly quitting like and that came to me like the night before um, from another separate story that I won't go into but I had this thought of possibly quitting but I was like you know let me go to work and I feel so good right now I'm just going to share this love with everyone at my company I'm just going to like connect with people and it's going to be great and I get to work and everyone's just like miserable. And I'm just looking around and I'm just having, I'm seeing things in a new light. And I'm seeing that there's no one in the company that I want to be. Like it's long, it, there's no one in there that I want. I thought I wanted to maybe be like the CEO and I liked him, but there was like still no one's job that I wanted. 
And then I looked at everyone and they just, no one seemed happy. And I, and I don't know if it was just because I got, you know, getting back from a long break and there was just a disconnect. And then there was a few things that happened that day when I'm like sitting in meetings with like my managers and he starts talking about cocaine and ecstasy. Like, and he's never, they've never talked about this stuff ever. They talk about, we're throwing this party for like an event and he starts mentioning this kind of, you know, jokingly, but it was just like, I had just committed to completely stop drinking. You know, I just committed two days ago. I was like, this just it doesn't feel like my place anymore. So that gave me a little bit more fire. Uh, but I still didn't know if I was going to quit when I left that day. My, my way was quitting was I was going to completely cut all bridges. No two week notice. I had to just like jump because no one would have understand. And no one did. Everyone thought I actually went crazy. I actually left handwritten notes to three people before leaving work that day. Because so I wanted to try and explain myself. But I knew there was no, no, no way that I could explain myself. So I left it under my computer, still not knowing if I was going to quit. I, I had a way out because I would have came home. and, But I, I contemplated it all that same night. And I, again, I just kept feeling, I had no idea what the answer was, but I just kept feeling like, I'm not going to feel like this. And if I don't do this now, it's going to be 10 years. And maybe I'll feel like this again 10 years from now. And then I woke up. I ended up receiving a text from a friend that night. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep. And I'll, see, I'll wake up at 5 a.m. And I'm just going to see how I feel in the morning. I go to sleep. I ended up getting a text from a friend who had done something similar. I literally wake up at 3 a.m. on the dot. And I wake up early. I see this text from him. It gives me this jolt of energy of like, wow, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe like something is, maybe this is something. I get up, I start my morning going, and then I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. I end up calling my parents, telling them what I'm going to do. And somehow got through that conversation. I mean, they have no idea. Like, I had just gotten a promotion at work. I had just won the best employee award, like, at my company. I was crushing it at work. I tell them what's going on and what I experienced and somehow get off of that call with still enough enthusiasm to continue forward. And then I start writing this email to my entire company, not just to, like, one person. I write an email to my entire company explaining how I found this I'm explaining what happened. I remember I started the email with a Mark Twain quote. It was the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you were find out why. And I had continued on was like I, the latter came where I really figured out. I thought I found out why I was born, which I really didn't know, but I knew that it was bigger than this. And I wrote this long, heartfelt email thanking everyone for my time there, just putting like all of me into it. I was crying while I was writing. Like everything was coming out while I was writing this. And then I ended up, remember, I hit send, sent the email to my entire company. And then I go on airplane mode from my phone to just like, because I'm sure I was going to get contact. And I just basking this experience. And it was like the one of the highest experiences. And I've taken a lot of drugs and it was higher than any sort of drug that you could take. I just felt so aligned and like this was it. Like it felt so right. And I remember I went outside, I started journaling about it. And then just 45 minutes later, I look over and there's five police officers at my gate and they're coming in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is this this, this something to do with me? Like, Like what's going on? And they come in and they're like, are you the person that's writing emails talking about some higher calling? And I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like this is a this is <laughs> a lot." For, this out. <laughs> it was a lot for a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. in corporate America. I'm like, "No, I don't." They think they so basically they were afraid because it was so out out there that I wanted, and I left notes that it, it was a suicide letter, and it was all like oh, it was going to kill myself. But it was 
and I think I used this in my video, like it was completely the opposite experience. I just had found something. I just wanted to help and share my love and I didn't know what that was. And I was just telling these officers like, no, I've, I'm great. Like I've never been better. I promise you. It was your corporate career suicide. It was a corporate <laughs> career suicide for sure. You could see how, you know, if I went, if, if I was like, okay, wow, I made a bad choice. I couldn't go back to that company. If I go to another company and interview, oh, you were just at this company that you, you got a promotion. You, you know, there was no going back to any of that. It was total suicide. Um, so maybe not something I recommend for everyone because it, 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 but it really, um, you know, it was so scary. And, and that day really culminates in, in what the real culmination of the story was. Um, it, it adds to the flavors that actually my ex-girlfriend at the time had found out. So he, she had no idea I was going to do this, even though we were still in touch. She had no idea of my plans to do this. We were still friends, but someone had called her while she was on a flight uh, coming back to San Diego. She was in grad school, and they told her that we think Lou something bad might have happened to Lou. Basically, we we don't know. Maybe he killed himself, and like it, wow. you know, shakes her to the core. She's you know has no idea about this. When I get back online, you know, I start telling everyone, "No, I'm okay. Everything's fine." Because um, what made it worse is they couldn't reach me. Like my yes, phone was yes, off. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I, I, I can I, imagine if it was <laughs> my friend or someone I wore sure. with. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's natural. So I ended up talking to her, and basically, I ended up picking her up at the her the airport that day. And it was a really crazy day. But at the end of the day, I pick her up, and I just remember I I felt just so much like love. Um, this huge blanket of love come over when we got in the car, and it just felt. Like this whole day brought me back to her and literally on that drive, we went to a place in Sunset Beach called or in San Diego called Sunset Cliffs. And I uh, knew in that car, I was like, wow, I'm going to propose to her right now. We're, we're ex, we're exes. Oh by my God, this is good. This wasn't on your video. <laughs> I got out of the car and I got down on my knees and I confessed like this, this love that was coming out of me and I proposed to her. And I had no ring. I had, it was literally just like, just on that moment. And uh, somehow she said yes. Wow, that's a great story. If she didn't say yes. I don't, I think I might not be here. But so it was a real wild. So on the same day, I quit my job and proposed to my ex girlfriend. So it was that the craziest day of my life. <laughs> I cannot, well, that dude just, your story is just uh, confirming that the, Never say never, and that the, the impossible is indeed possible. It's just you have to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, it really shows that. That is very wild. It's amazing. Yeah, you ended up with a fiance <laughs> and uh, no job, and then you decide to somehow get into this mind body awareness, meditation, teaching, and, and all these these things that are you're doing to pass basically the knowledge and the wisdom that you gather and help people. That's exactly it. Yeah. I feel like I was shown something that is within all of us and, and how to, to really live our, our, our truest and just really most expressive and in line life. And I've been shown that and I just, I just listen to where I'm being needed and I really try and, and, and work from, from that space of, what is being asked of me. And that is kind of how I've been able to grow in what I've, what I've been putting out there and how I've been connecting with people. And in your, your meditation practices and you, you became officially, did you do like 
courses or you just started meditating? Like what advice would you tell people? If you want to get into it, like more, let's say, besides just going to yoga class every week, let's say someone says, I want to get into this path. What would your advice be? I recommend one app called Insight Timer. I don't know if you're familiar with the app. They have like a free seven-day um, beginner's meditation course. I post a lot of my meditations on on there. They have a ton of free content out there. So it's a really simple, easy way to get started. Um, the other apps are great too. Like a Headspace, it'll start you for free. You'll do like 10 days and then there's a, a paywall that you hit. Those two are probably my number, the recommendations on, hey, I, I never meditated before. Can I just start simply with my the home that I'm in, right? Because you don't, you just have your app. Um, but besides that, I would, you know, recommend, it's funny, I actually started on like Deepak and Oprah's like 21 day challenge. I think it was back, they used to do it like around November every, I think they might still do it. I don't even know. With this stuff, there's, it's really about finding people and teachers that, that resonate with something in you. Like there's not one person, there's not one path, there's not one thing. It's like, it's such an organic journey that is true to you that it's almost impossible for me to say like, hey, do this and this is how you should start. It's it's almost like if this is calling you to start meditating, if you're having, you're putting that intention out, You'll find that I'm sure you look, maybe you look up online, you find a, a, a local meditation, try some things out, go, oh, so, oh, this group is having a meditation, go see if it connects with you. And there's nothing, no harm in trying and seeing and seeing where that thread leads. So I, my biggest advice would just to take some sort of action forward and follow that thread because that's going to bring you um, kind of on your journey more than anything that I could concretely say to you. And I think that's really part of what makes this journey special is that we are all so this we're all so unique and we're all so the same. So it's it's we all have that thread. And I'm a big um huge huge fan and I consider him one of my teachers even though he's you know I've never met him and he's passed away for a long time but of uh, Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar yes, with Joseph yes, Campbell, absolutely. yeah. And and the hero's journey and 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 that's that archetype of following what Joseph Campbell would say, your bliss, is the same thing. It's like following that little intuition, that little instinct that you have to try something new or to, to, go, to, to, to go to a new class or to, to start a, a, a creative project and seeing the, the path that that lays out for you. And, and that's kind of what's been my big philosophy is, is exactly what Joseph Campbell found in studying all of the mythologies, all of the religions, they all had the same theme and it was speaking to the theme of our lives and speaking to our own, um, unconscious and what resonates with us. It really is that in our star Wars, we all are our own in our star Wars movie. We all are the Luke and using the force and finding the mentors and facing the demons, like it, it's it's our life. <laughs> Absolutely, no, it's a search I I share with my audience too. But that's where we 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 share that friend in common, Julie Roxanne, and other people that took the fellowship, the podcasting fellowship with my yeah. with me. And uh, you know, I didn't know anything about podcasting three months ago, and someone told me the other day, "Wow, you're at 14 episodes. That's crazy!" That's like okay. I don't know if they thought that was gonna do two, and that, and that's it. 
Were you a Seth Godin fan before doing it? I was. It? I was. Yeah. I was. Uh, I've been. I've been a Seth Godin fan for probably five years now. Yeah. That someone introduced me to him, and I, I was following him and subscribed to his. Uh, new, it's a one thing in my email, even when it's invaded with emails, and I kind of delete everything that's not priority. Seth Godin blog is always a priority because it's short and sweet. <laughs> I do the same exact thing. It's like, I'll, get, I'll, I'll leave that unread because I'll get to it at some point. And it would be useful. He played a big part, even in my personal development in my company, um, reading a couple of his books helped me to grow, even getting that position. Like it was because of Seth had a huge impact on me getting that position in marketing. Well, it's good. I definitely will have a link to your book. Lou's book is called Find Your Truth. It's a great title. And I absolutely going to read it myself. But I, I think you're onto something. You you say something there when you explain a little bit uh, about the book. It's uh, if, if you're tired of living for the weekend. And that resonated with me because one of my <laughs> complaints when I get to my office is that people ask me, Oh, is it Friday yet? Is it Friday? No matter if it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, oh it kills me. So I've always had this in mind that I'm going to write a book called Is It Friday Yet? You'll love, I'll, I'll send, I'll, don't, bye, I'll I could send you a PDF of the book, no problem. Uh, um, and uh, there's a literally, I talk about that exact thing. I talk about that exact thing of like the Friday, you know, everyone's always, that's like the the holy grail of it's crazy and then the weekend comes and it's not like they do like something like so amazing i don't know then they're crazy during the week and they're complaining that it's saturday now they only have sunday left right and so it's that uh, to me that's a very scary way of living uh, i like my mondays i like the idea that i have the full day ahead of me and the full day a week ahead of me yeah. What I don't like is waking up early. That's when I try to think about <laughs> what makes me miserable, if that such a word exists for me in my, in my yeah. day to day, is that feeling that you don't get enough sleep. If totally. They, right. Uh, and I think a lot of people can, can relate to that. And then when you have kids and you don't even, you cannot play hooky, you know, when you don't, <laughs> you can say, when you don't have kids, you say, maybe I'll snooze for 20 minutes <laughs> and then yeah. I'll go on. This has been great. Before we close, there's two things I want to ask. I want to ask about your retreat because I think that's fantastic and a lot of people listening to this might be interested. Sure, yeah. So tell so, us about that. So we are doing a retreat in Yosemite. It is a uh, backpacking retreat this July. We're doing it, me and um, Kelly, who I just told you about, that um, we are still actually in fiance mode um it's been four years we, okay. we do things we do things differently um one day you we will resonate with you that it's time to get married <laughs> hey it's a sleep yeah but um with also uh julie roxanne who connected us and uh her fiance alistair we are doing this retreat together and we're it's a 10 day so 10 days but five or about five days of backpacking through the backcountry of Yosemite. So places that no one really goes. Julie Roxanne and Alistair are skilled backpackers. So I'm super excited to, to explore that terrain. Um, we'll be practicing different sorts of meditations and mindfulness practices throughout the day, yoga practices. And also Julie Roxanne is actually preparing a, a plant-based diet throughout and we're all going to learn how to kind of make our own food which is really cool really it's teaching you the art of living on your own and surviving in the wilderness on your own which is i think something that you don't really find in 
you can't, it's tough to find that, right? It's tough to go on a retreat where you're going to learn how do I survive on my own and, 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 and the group and the community that's already coming is just, that's makes it so much power, so powerful. And we've all had huge influences in powerful conversations, um, with, with groups on retreats and in different settings, all of us in our story and creating that space to connect and allow people to share and, really get deeper than what most people are used to talking about. And that just, it's, it's all going to, I know, create a just really powerful experience. So I do, if that resonates with anyone out there, please, please do consider it at least. And then maybe have a conversation with one of us about it. Yeah. Well, it does resonate with me and my husband. I told him <laughs> if you find someone that wants to adopt two small kids uh, for 10 days, let me know. But no, I would totally be on that. And uh, I think it's a great initiative to be close to nature, learn something new, get out of comfort zones and uh, just meet great people. So uh, absolutely all the information will be on the show notes. And, uh, and then the last question is, and I always end like this is, do you know, I'm sure you do probably, what makes you tick? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, what makes me tick is uh, the connection I feel to whatever you want to call your higher power, whether it's God, the universe, um, love, source, energy, your highest self, whatever if you subscribe to um, that, uh, that connection for me is my, my North Star and my guiding light. Well, Lou, I cannot tell you how great this conversation has been. Thanks for saying yes. I'm a fan. You're doing great work, and, and I'm very impressed by your journey. Thank you so much for having me, Leticia. This was so much fun. Thank you, Lou. Thank you. And until the next time. Mm -hmm.